My purpose today is to show that the civil wars of the mid-17th century were necessarily a British, not exclusively English, affair. In the first talk, we will consider why opposition to Charles's government broke out first not in England in 1642, but five years earlier in Scotland. Charles's decision to eschew serious negotiation in favour of using his resources as King of England to crush the Scots was a catastrophic failure. It not only strengthened his opponents in Scotland, but also enabled them to make connections with disaffected elements in England. The Scottish crisis is vital for understanding why there was a political breakdown in England, but, as we will see, it is too simplistic to see the Scots as the cause of the English Civil War. These developments provide the context for my second talk, which assesses why and with what consequences the Scots decided to intervene in the First English Civil War on the side of Parliament. Once seen by historians overwhelmingly in negative terms, the Scottish intervention has been reappraised as an ambitious attempt to promote a new kind of union predicated on parliamentary government and religious reformation. In the final part of the talk, we will assess why the Scots, who had fought against King Charles before 1646, were prepared to send an army back into England less than two years later to restore him to his thrones. Scholars generally accept that while it is legitimate to investigate discrete historical phenomena called the English Civil Wars or the English Revolution, they cannot be fully understood in isolation from events in the other kingdoms and nations that made up the British realms. That Scotland had a revolution of its own in these years also acts as an important corrective to older Anglo-centric accounts in which English dominance of the archipelago was taken as natural and inevitable. We know, with the 2020 vision of hindsight, that the outcome of the Civil War era for Scotland and Ireland was conquest by an English Republican regime. But it is limiting to see the events of this period in terms of English success and Scottish and Irish failure. Novel interactions across the internal boundaries of the archipelago stimulated new ideas and new ways of doing politics. This legacy of cross-border communication, which also had a European and transatlantic context, is only beginning to be studied by historians. Yet the attempt to forge a different kind of union from the one created by dynastic accident in 1603 also reinforced what was distinctive about the political cultures, in the plural, of Scotland and England. Anyone trying to come to terms both with the new volatility in the Anglo-Scottish relationship at the present time and the paradoxes and contradictions inherent in that relationship would do well to look to the events of the mid-17th century. <laughs>